Hey, hey, welcome back. It's episode 194 of Cool, Calm, and Chaotic. And this is a fantastic episode because we're getting back in the groove of the health and fitness talk. I feel like we, we periodically go off on tangents and talk all things life, but this is an episode really geared to getting back in the health and fitness groove. And what better way to get back in the health and fitness groove than with the one and only Miss Ruby Sherry. Yes, my friends, we are going all the way out of the country, out of the continent, overseas to the beautiful, beautiful land of Australia. This was the first time that I realized that a .au existed. So yeah, this is, a this is a learning episode. And Ruby Sherry is a fitness specialist, a nutrition specialist, a transformation specialist, a just special human being in general. She's a health and fitness coach that is just, she's, she's got it down. She understands the mindset behind it and she drops a fountain of wisdom upon us in this episode. And yes, we do dig into a lot of health and fitness talk. We talk nutrition, we talk exercise, we talk her background story, but a lot just about how to make this life of health and wellness work for you. We are not all the same, but we can all draw a lot of the same uh, tips and tricks and tactics and skills uh, from each other. And uh, Ruby drops a lot of those in this episode. You can find out where you can link up with her in all of the show notes, but if you stick around, you're gonna hear us talk about who Ruby is uh, why she is so amazing. We talk a lot about health and fitness, her health and fitness journey, how she helps people, how we can get out of this mindset of it's just macros, it's just exercises, and how to embody this as a life that fits for you. Because yes, we are all different human beings, and it's not so simple to just give like basic advices for everybody to follow. We kind of got to make it yours. And we dig into how we can add color and vibrancy and vitality and goodness to every part of our life because as we say fitness should not steal joy from our life it should add excitement and joy to every aspect of our life and ruby's going to tell us how to do that we also get into some rapid fire questions at the end which is absolutely wonderful we name manatees we uh gosh you know we do a lot i won't even spoil any of the fun stick around it's episode 194 cool call All right. All right. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Cool, Calm, and Chaotic. This is a fantastic episode for a myriad of reasons, but not the least of which. We have all the way from overseas in the Indian and Pacific Ocean. I don't even know. This is deep in the Pacific Ocean in Australia. We have Ruby Cherie here. She is a health and fitness coach. She is a nutrition specialist. She's a transformation coach. She's an all-around amazing, amazing human being. She's uh, her Instagram is one of is one of the greatest things on earth. Everything from food to fitness to transformation pics to motivation to just like if you want all-around awesomeness. Ruby Sharia is who you want to follow, and we are all privileged because we get to get a little bit of insight on who the heck Ruby Sharia even is. So, Ruby Sharia, before. I even ask you, before we get into conversation, before you get to tell us who the heck you are and why you are so amazing, tell me something that has made you happy in the past two weeks. In the past two weeks, I would say it's overcoming every single day just because every single day there's a challenge thrown at me that I love challenges and overcoming those challenges make me just a happier person because it shows me I'm capable and what I can actually accomplish. So like overcoming my runs, overcoming my sessions, overcoming a, like a sticking point with a client, it just makes me so fulfilled because it's like, hey, you did that and it made you happy because it made other people happy as well. So it's making myself happy and others happy that made me happy. That is, that is a whole lot of happiness for starters, which is great. But I love that you took, I love that you view happiness and what truly makes you happy is this accomplishment of like seeing others do well. Like I think you even just starting with that is just the start of evidence that you are just an amazing person and an amazing coach and there to help people, which obviously shines through in all that you do. So that was great. You explaining how happy you were just made me extremely happy. This is a great day. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you know, I I was able to give a little introduction, but, you know, we this is the first time we've ever talked. This is the first time that we've ever, I've, we've, uh, ever uh, had communication here. So we're, we're winging it together. This is great, which is good for not only the audience, but for me. 
I can give my description of who you are from thousands of miles across the sea, but why don't you explain to us, who are you? Give us in a nutshell. How did you get into this position? How did you become the, how did the coach that you are? What led you down this path? And why are you so awesome? Wow. The, I guess the biggest thing is when you go through struggles yourself, you realize that you don't want to be in that position again and you can empathize. There's a big difference between empathizing and sympathizing with people, I, I reckon. Like sympathizing is just showing expression that you understand how people feel but empathizing with them is actually wanting to give them a solution to move forward because you feel how they feel but at the same time you want to alleviate it because you're empathetic and you're not just sympathizing with them like and empathy is more an active thing whereas sympathy is more a passive thing so i had that empathy within me because I've been through some of that stuff myself, plus I'm an, I'm an empathetic person. Like, I feel things deeply. And because I've been through, whether it's the same as the struggles people go through or different, I can put myself in people's shoes and feel how they feel and want to alleviate that pain to make them move forward. So coming from a history of disordered eating, coming from a history of never feeling good enough and the old generation mentality of being brought up with, no, you can do better. No, you need to work your ass off. No, you need a uni degree, which I did go to uni for that as well. But then that's a whole nother story in itself. But that whole mentality, it stuck with so many people, especially the, like, the middle-aged people. It depends what you want to consider middle-aged. But people between, like, 30 to 40 days, they were brought up with that mentality from their parents that they need to work harder and all this other stuff. But then you insert that in today's day and age and you have overworked people, people who never feel good enough, people who never put themselves first. And then you wonder why there are so many mental health issues in the world, why the obesity is a crisis, because food is not about food. There's an emotional attachment to food. And I've had my own worries with food to know just how big a thing it can be for some people and how it can control your life. And I like seeing how food can control some people's lives and their identity and their self-worth. It actually like it hits somewhere deep. So I guess being able to empathize with people, not to sympathize, it allows me to do what I do and have such passion from it because not only do I feel their pain, but then I feel their breakthroughs. And that makes me such a happy person because I learn so much from my clients. Like if you're not learning from your clients, you're doing it wrong because there's no such thing as a protocol. There should never be a protocol for something unless it's already given a name from someone like Lyle McDonald who calls a fat loss protocol or rapid fat loss protocol that or whatever protocols there are. But there should never be a set protocol for anybody because everybody is so individual. And... That's the thing. Like, when you learn that person, you take them from where they are to where they want to be. And that breakthrough, it's, I can't even describe it, but it just, you feel that breakthrough. You feel it. And it's just rewarding. And that makes me feel like a happy person. So it's like, yeah, yeah, I have a purpose. So I guess that sums it up in a ramble bamble. Yeah, that was a, that was a great ramble bamble. That was fantastic, and you touched. I mean, you just you you. We could open the door on so many of the things that you just touched on, but I think that your empathy definitely shines through, and I think that is it's needed in somebody that wants to actually see change and real transformation. Not not just fat loss, not just the scale going down, but actual a change in the way that people view themselves, their potential, and you know, their actual, you hear this term a lot, the relationship with food. But like you said, food is not just about taste. There's so many things that go along with food that dig deep into people's emotions. And it always kills me too. And it like really hurts my soul to see like the quick fat loss from certain diets or protocols or programs, whatever it might be, when 
you know you you can see down the line and you know what's coming you know you know the rebound that's coming and the further lack of control and it's just saddening and i think when you do have a heart that wants to help people you realize that the focus on the the relationship with food that the habits that they build the confidence you can build within eating and, and uh living a life around nutrition and fitness that is the most rewarding thing and like just seeing your face as you were talking about hearing about and helping people change their lives like that is it's super uplifting and exciting just to be in the health and fitness industry to actually help people and not just give blanket advice or just be one of these look at me type people that's actually when you say health and fitness industry that always makes me laugh because we want it to be a health and fitness industry, but where's the health in half the shit that's going on? Mm-hmm. It's not in a health and fitness industry anymore. Like I saw a post by Ben Carpenter, well, a reply from Ben Carpenter to Mark Hyman, who said, you want to eat whole foods if it's not like purely whole, then it's bad for you or something. But then Ben replied to him saying, okay, so then what about all the supplements you list on your website? Like people don't think, food first like it should always be a food first approach and it's like health and fitness industry not like it's turning into more of a supplement and deprivation industry Mm -hmm. everything's about deprivation and things fast things now we want to hack this we want to hack that but true health isn't about hacks it's about thinking lifestyle first i bet most people don't even know what their resting heart rate is what their blood pressure is they probably don't even care about that because they just want to look like Jenny do on Instagram and have the transformation of Karen. It social media is so positive in so many ways, but it's how you choose to use it and how you choose to view it. Because if you look at your explore feed, when I was looking up recipes to send to some clients, now all I see are recipes and I'm trying to get rid of them because I don't really care about recipes. I'm happy with my food the way it is. I want to see what I want to see. I don't have a TV. I select what I want to see, what stuff around me I want to absorb. People who are subconsciously or purposely like taking in all this news, taking in all these advertisements, when they're searching for things and they're talking about things, Facebook hears you, Instagram hears you, and it shows you what you look for. What you pay attention to most is what's fed at you. So if you're trying to find all these quick fixes and stuff like that, you're going to find all the fast transformations on social media. And then when someone actually is trying to show you the best way forward, it's someone said something to me and it probably hit me in all the right ways. Rudy, you have all the answers. You You know what people need. You know what your clients need. You're there telling them exactly what they need to do. You're there with all the answers, but are they actually ready to listen to you? Are they prepared to move forward? And I was just like, I can have all the answers for anyone. And the library has all the books out there. The internet, if you're looking for the right things, it can have everything there that you need to know. But are you ready to listen? Or are you still... You know, it's like a matter of priorities as well. It's like someone can give you all the answers. They can lay out the path for you. You can have the blueprint, but you need to be ready to actually take that on. Like I I say things to clients all the time, but it probably doesn't even register with them until like six months down the path, which I had a client who only now one year later has actually started implementing everything I've been saying a year ago for the past month. And now her skin has never looked clearer. She doesn't really use makeup anymore. Her hair has never been healthier. But she was listening. But her lifestyle around her didn't allow her to move forward until she got rid of that toxicity. It's like until you're ready to step into your power and cut off the toxic shit, you can't move forward. But it's never that easy. So that's why it's working on that step-by-step basis. Like I have some clients to message me every day just to keep that breakthrough of momentum. Like they'll send their meal plans every day and send me a positive quote every day just because that's what they need right now. Like some people need more hand-holding than others and you can't get that in a protocol. You can't get that in a 12-week transformation. And just the other day I saw someone 
went through the first phase of 75 hard. It, you're familiar with 75 hard by yeah. She went through that and she said she saw amazing transformation, but now she's reaching out to this women's group because she went into deep depression and lost all her motivation and rebounded worse than ever because like, where's that sustainability? And now she's trying to find the discipline to go again. And I'm like, don't focus on going hard for that first phase. You need to think about what's going to happen after that. And she just said, thank you. And I'm like, that's the thing. Like, what's going to happen after that? You can go hard. Weight loss is easy if you're starting off at a healthy base. Because if you're not starting off at a healthy base, don't expect the weight loss to come easy. A healthy body is a responsive body. Again, health. But who cares about health in the phase it seems? But you can go through that weight loss phase. Who sustains it? Like people don't see sustainability and maintenance as progress. They think they're stuck, but it's like you're focused on the wrong things. Stop focusing so hard on all these external factors and you need to realize that there's a lot happening around you. Health and fitness are meant to enhance your life, not create some obsessive being of nature that just, I don't even know, like, what what more do you want? You just you just accomplished all that. You don't realize how much you just accomplished. There are other things to focus on, like becoming your best self, becoming stronger, your kids, your family, relationships, like your faith, your your faith, your family, your friends. There's so many things outside of just that fitness that are in your life. But you get what you're focused on, and if all you're focused on is that scale going down, which another thing I can resonate with. When I was so focused with the scale going down when I did my, probably this goes back to how did I get into where I am. I started off with bodybuilding. And I, well, I started off at 37 kilos when I first started anything. I was 37 kilos. I was very, you can imagine, very malnourished. I'm five foot two and a half, five foot three. So I spent the majority of my time just building, just eating, just focusing on getting stronger and falling in love with becoming my like strong is I just love improving myself in the gym. I could feel myself getting stronger. I could open friggin' pasta sauce skins now, which I couldn't do before. I had to get someone to open them for me. Like I started noticing all of these things and that was my inner drive to keep going. And then I fell into bodybuilding. So from watching this scale go up, to then being obsessed with seeing the scale go down continuously through my preps. As soon as the preps were over, that's when I started getting the emotional attachment to the scale. And that's the same with so many people. When you are so used to seeing yourself getting smaller and smaller or seeing the scale go down and down, when you hit that point, what's next? That's when people get stuck because that's when they start getting that emotional attachment to the scale. None of my girls use the scale. If they use the scale, I scowl at them. And they know that I'm coming from a very loving place, but I scowl at them. People that have been with me for like two, three years now, sometimes they step on the scale, they log it down, sometimes it's higher than others because they're not taking it down seriously, but they don't care because they've already come three years with me and I don't just focus on how you do this exercise, how you eat this food. There's a lot of mental work that goes into my coaching. And they're now at a point where they can step on the scale, acknowledge it, write it down, be like, yeah, cool, and walk off with their day. Mm-hmm. So. That's, and that's freedom right there. Because if you were to, if we were to take a poll right now of all of those people that are struggling with weight loss, and we, we I mean, I, I would project that it's over 95%. Of the people would say, if they said that the scale doesn't bother them, doesn't actually affect them, deep down it does. And it totally changes their decision, their mindset, their mood moving forward as much as they might want not want to admit it. Or some will openly admit it. Like they're, they're really, really struggle with being addicted to the scale. But when you hit that point where you can truly step on the scale because you've, you've become so ingrained on focusing and harnessing all of the other aspects of it. When you can step on that scale and say, eh, whatever, moving forward, do it, doing what you do. You're free. You are truly like set free from that trap because it is a it is a deep trap. The worst thing above the scale is when people are obsessed over body fat measures, especially because okay, cool. The scale measures measures gravity, but 
body fat measures to actually I should say body fat estimates because there is no true way to estimate your body fat unless you cut your body apart. But the thing also is you can influence, you can manipulate your body fat percentages based on what you do day to day. Like the best way to get even close is with the DEXA scan. But people here doing embodies and all this other stuff. And then the, the, the people think that a scale that you step on in the bathroom is going to spit out an accurate body fat percentage. That's like the new trend of today's day and age. But if someone is feeling amazing in their skin, their clothes are feeling looser, they're getting stronger in the gym, and then all of a sudden they're like, I'm going to step on the scale, I want to see where my progress is at. The scale isn't what they want it to say. Then they go on some bender with food and carbs and pasta and whatever else, and then they come to, like, the coach, and they're like, so this happened and they explain what happened. It's like, okay, so you're saying you're not making progress. You just said your clothes feel better. You're feeling more confident in a smaller size. You're stronger in the gym. You've never had as much energy. You got your sex drive back. You got your period back. And you're telling me there's no progress there, yet you just went on a bender because the scale doesn't say what you want it to say. Why did you step on the scale? Is it, and that, that alone... People could sit in silence just trying to think about that question. When you frame it like that and when you really point out all of the unbelievable progress made, it makes the even just the simple act of stepping on the scale seem so asinine because only destruction is going to come from that for no reason because you've just made so much progress. Like you just said, your, your, your skin looks better. You're feeling better. You're moving better. You're fitting into your pants. You, you, you got your sex drive back. Like You feel vibrant. And one number just ripped all of that. One nonsensical, irrelevant number just ripped all of that goodness out of your soul. It's ridiculous. And you know what's great, though? And, like, it needs to be highlighted again. Like, you started all of this with how you kind of started who who you are. And that is somebody who truly is an empathetic individual, who comes from a place of empathy who's been there, who's gone through that and really desires to help because you know what it is like far beyond even just sympathy. And I, for those of, for those of everyone listening in America, 37 kilos is 81, 81 pounds, 82 pounds. Like that's, that's a number, that's a number that we can relate to. So like, that is a real thing. That is a starting at, at 80 pounds as an adult and working up to what you've done, you've gone through the trials and the stresses of stepping on the scale. So when you when you say like you can scowl at those that step on the scale and you can say you can look at you know probably what they probably know what you're thinking. It's not from like this vindictive like way like wagging your finger position. It's a you know the opposite side of it and you're there to help them through and see all of this laundry list of amazing things that they've gone through because you know what it's like. And we so easily forget. Well, like, like when you're making progress, you so easily disregard all of the amazing things that you've done based off of the one negative. It's like it's like being in a room. Like you can be in the happiest, best mood in a party and everyone's having a great time. And that one idiot who just decides to ruin it, ruins it for the rest of the 50 people. You could have 50 amazing people having a great time and the one person ruins it. You have all of this amazing progress and the one number on the scale ruins it. So I just I think it's important to point out that when you're saying all this stuff, this isn't just, you know, these aren't just semantics. This is not just you spitting out rhetoric. Like you've been there, you've gone through it, and you truly care. And that holds a lot of weight. That holds weight that just knowing information can't do. I guess it's also related to other things like people that post videos on social media they could get a million amazing comments and then have one negative comment and let it ruin their day but the thing is emotion and logic when something means a lot to us our our logic goes out the window we become emotional beings because we're human we are human and our brain is so complex it's almost the way that we learn things like our upper brain our upper brain learns from error like we need to as much as people say don't focus on what you did wrong our upper brain learns from focusing on our errors because the repetitions the errors it makes 
your upper brain then uses those errors to course correct if you keep repeating like improved ways. So errors are part of the process. You can't have short people without tall people to kind of compare to. You can't have rich people without poor people to compare to. You can't have failures without successes. Like it comes hand in hand because what defines failure? To me, failures are stepping stones. Like, okay, cool, there's a stepping stone. There's some rhubarb, let's figure out the next best step to take. And then over time, when you look back, you're up here now and you're on mountains looking down at these tiny stepping stones. But when you were doing the stepping stones, because there was nothing to compare against, it was just, oh, there's a river and you have to make it to the next stepping stone. It seemed like a mountain back then. But now you're on mountains again, facing you, facing you errors and failures and tribulations. But all the past ones are stepping stones because you learned how to cross them and you're leveling up. So we need to try and separate emotion from logic. Like I said, I don't focus on just a training plan or just a nutrition plan. And everyone listening to this needs to actually question themselves. Why am I so hard on myself? Why am I focusing on all these emotional aspects, but not the logic? I go in depth with this one client over and over again because she still is finding it so hard to break through by every single time. She makes a new awareness. Like people move at their own pace, but it's at their pace that they're ready to move. She, like I mentioned at the beginning, was brought up with the parental mindset of no, you need to do better, no, you need to work harder. So she never feels good enough. She whispers her wounds to me. She whispers them. But then as soon as she comes back or bullying happens at work or all this other stuff. Her world is falling apart. I'm like, okay, so there is so much weight being put on these losses, these struggles, these things that are bringing you down. All your wins, they go without an eye batter. Oh, because people are jealous of the wins. They they don't they don't like the fact that I'm doing well and I get put down for it. I'm like, so people aren't celebrating these tiny wins loud enough because it's just the way they were brought up. Like they need to be doing better. They need to be doing more cool. That's what they should be doing anyway. There is no should. Right. It, you just did that. You just accomplished that. Bloody toot your horn. Start celebrating your wins louder because the way that people, I shouldn't say celebrate, the way that people emphasize their struggles, the balance isn't even. What do you expect to gain out of only focusing on all the negatives? you'll get more negative. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And that is where that is where the constant reminders and the being there to point out the seemingly small insignificant steps which are actually the most significant and biggest things uh in as a part of the whole process is important and that is that is something that I love just watching you from a distance do is the highlighting and the celebrating of the daily successes and you you hit the nail right on the head within that and earlier you brought up things like 75 hard and things like that which are like all the rave and it's you know how hard can i push putting the small daily things like you you took a walk today you did some stretches today you drank water today and that is we're back we're back so we had a little cut off there but uh, you know, doing all the intense workouts, doing all of these things is, it seems great, but it's at the expense. It clouds over then the celebration of the drinking the water, of the going on the walk, of the little highlight wins that you have. And that in both the short and the long term are the key to success. And that's, that's one of the biggest struggles, as you know, like with going on these diets. It's not even... The issue with a lot of like hardcore diets isn't even the fact that you're going to regain the weight. That's that's going to come and that's not a good thing, but it's the lessons that you think you learn that like that's that's what you need to do when in reality it wasn't realistic at all and you just glossed over the coolest part of living life, like the feeling good about the little progress that you made. Like I love that you brought up like the stepping stones and getting there. When you look at the whole mountain, it's like shoot, I can't get there or I need to take a helicopter up there. 
and you forget about all the small little steps. But then when you look back, when you're halfway up the mountain and you realize you got halfway to go and you're still overwhelmed, you look back and you're like, oh my God, look at all of these little steps I took. Like, look how far I've come. This is awesome. And one step on the scale can, can eradicate all of that. And that's where like someone like you will come in and make them realize you are doing effing awesome. Like, look at all of this progress you've made. You are doing fantastic. And just that bit of, I think, encouragement is... It, it moves mountains. Just by saying that, I was imagining the, there's this name one of my clients sent me, two letters. One of them has the rungs slowly, slowly, not slowly, like placed very closely to each other. The others are really wide paced. If you think I need to climb this one, but it's so far out of your reach, like, why not just take all the little stepping stones and actually gain the momentum there? Because you're going to struggle up that ladder. Like, imagine, okay, cool. You just put in all that effort to get to the first rung. Mate, you got all the other rungs to get to the top. And you're going to have to keep putting in that effort. And it's going to get increasingly harder. But then at the same time, think about doing that with baggage on your back. If you do not let go of all the toxic shit, all the stuff that's holding you down, the past beliefs, the, the past coaches you've had, the past failures you had, they weigh people down. There's a client that finally signed up with me a couple of weeks ago, but she's been chatting with me and like questioning me all this stuff for months because she was so scared to sign up again with another coach after to put into context, context she's in her 50s. So 50 years of going through shit with other coaches and researching stuff. She's come to a place where now she said that I'm now her happy place. She's never she's never been more grateful than to have me in her life. Despite all of that, like work to actually get her to just see the other side of where she was coming at, because I could feel her pain, but I couldn't show her the other side, which is my team Ruby in a circle on Facebook. I couldn't show her that other side without her actually becoming part of it and seeing just how amazing my team are because I attract people that are like-minded. I don't put out advertisements on social media. Like I don't do paid advertisements because I want people to know what I'm about. I'm not about quick fixes. I want them to see what I promote and that's health, not just fitness and health in quotation marks. Yeah. There's all that baggage to let go of before you can move forward because otherwise you're just going to keep getting swung back and it's a process. And the longer that you've been through it, the thicker those cables are in your head. Like think about past habits, past beliefs, the thick cables. What you want to create, you're going to have to start off as just passing through those thin cables. The more that you use those thin cables, the thicker they get, the more energy they get, the more the more supercharged they get they get like it's like that neurological adaptation you get to exercise at first you suck at an exercise and then you get mechanically efficient you get better at it it's the same way with learning any new habit you need to keep repeating it and enforcing it but you also need to remember you still have those thick cables there because you built them over time you are going to relapse and that's okay but people don't talk about the relapsing part so immediately they they get so emotional about it and it can swing them backwards but it's just okay i relapsed it's fine i'm recognizing this i'm learning from this and i'm going back to my new neural patterns relapse is normal you're human emotions are normal you're human we need to celebrate being human more because we're not robots we're not meant to freaking rub and chug all the time yeah that's great, and I I do I do think it is worth noting that even just using the term celebrate, we need to celebrate being normal. We need to celebrate being human more. That we need we should be preaching that from the mountaintops because it doesn't matter how good you get, how masterful you believe you are, you are going to relapse. You're going to have issues where you fall off. It's not going to click some days, and that's normal. That's every single person, and it's cool to think back about the struggles that you've had and where you've come, like. With anything, like especially with exercise, I think a lot of people, me included, will get fr- like you know you get frustrated when you're learning a new exercise. And you're like, what? Why the hell can't I do it? It's like it's like taking anybody and doing like a single leg, 
doing any type of like single leg deadlift and it's like okay it's like i'm on ice right now why is it so difficult and you're just cussing you want to kick stuff through the you want to kick stuff through the wall and then you sit back and you like, realize oh it's because i've never done this before it's awkward everybody struggles but i know i can do this because i've done all of these things in the past and i i love that idea like even just the, like the neurological buildup of of uh like the cables how you have it like yeah they start out small you're pinning them all through but before you know it, you have a thick cable of just masterful whatever it is that you're doing. And yeah, you might struggle, you might do have a relapse, but deep down you know it's there and you can get it back because you know how to do it. And that, that constant realization is really, really important. And like separating that emotional from logic, but realizing you're going to always have some emotional aspect. It's just acknowledgement because without awareness you have nothing because it's that you're unconsciously conscious then you need to be but you're unconsciously unconscious then you need to be aware that you're unconscious then you start developing that consciousness and then you can work towards where you want to be yeah you just saying that too it reminded me of something that you brought up earlier that i was going to talk about and i forgot it's it is so true that we are emotional, like logic is necessary and emotions are necessary and you don't have to fall on a hard, you know, there's not a hard line. You have to fall one way or the other. It's not like it's, it comes up easily with like, is it calories in or is it calories out? Or is it this, that, or that? like it's, yes, you need to eat. It, it's logic. You need to eat this many calories to lose weight, but it's not like the habits and the hormones, all these things don't play a role. And you don't have to pick a side. You can realize that we're human beings. We have to be able to think logically. We have to be able to think realistically and, and with rationality. But we're human beings. You're going to have emotions. You're going to have ups. You're going to have downs. You're going to have stresses here. And it's okay. You don't have to fall hard to one side. You don't have to fall hard to the other. Celebrate your humanness. Celebrate your normalcy. Because that is every single one of us that and i guess that also starts to lead into a point that sometimes we get so bubbled down by information and become so soft as a society that sometimes we can let ourselves slide and not actually realize no we need to be harder on ourselves now like people are so used to being coddled there is also time for you need to own your shit you're an adult yeah if you want to change you need to freaking put in the hard work like you can't just give in to your like you can't just give in to what your emotions are listen to your body like when i'm freaking sprinting sprinting one kilometer do you think i'm gonna listen to my body like 200 meters in when i want to give up and cry because i have to do freaking six rounds of one kilometer sprint like i actually end up almost crying on my third sprint because i'm putting in so much effort and all i want to do is quit my body wants to quit. Well, my mind wants to quit. Am I going to listen to myself? No. Am I going to listen to my emotions? No. I'm going to do what the hell I'm told to do. And this, this is sometimes where coaches and, yeah, coaches are needed to actually give you what you need to do because your emotions will say otherwise. You will try and talk yourself out of things because of this whole listen to your body that's online. It's like, no, you need to know when to push harder. Like, people just demonize coaches sometimes for protocols or whatever the hell they put out without actually knowing the backstory. Oh, she's doing plastic cardio. Let's hop on her coach. No, do you even know why she's doing it? Because there might be a reason for it. Like sometimes people implement certain aspects because that is what that person needs. Like I am hard and fast against keto, for example. But I have two of my girls on a modified keto diet. Is that bad? No, everything is context. Everything depends. But you can't talk about that in the general public because everyone is so black or white. Everyone is so, no, you need to do this, you need to do that. But if you have someone who's very friggin' insulin resistant, you have someone who doesn't have a lot of muscle mass and that's like the way they need to go to optimize their health, for example, because glucose and insulin and then the cell, but at the same time, if they can't manage that insulin well, what happens with that glucose? It stays in the bloodstream. So you need to know that client and meet that client where they are at to give them what they need. 
Is she on a full keto diet? No, she has protein in there because protein's my main thing. But you can't just put the ball and the chain together without knowing which one belongs to which. Like you need to know the context of everyone. And this is where things get a little bit skewed. And I don't even know where that tangent came from, but you need to stop believing everything you see at face value and start digging in deeper. Like, why is this the way it is? Why is she doing this? Why is she doing that? Like, that's why I was coming to this point. So I would post, for example, okay, so I would, I put this for the post. Okay, so I can't believe that I just lost four kilos on 2,200 calories. Like, who eats 2,200 calories at my size for reference? I don't know what it is in pounds, but I'm 50, I'm 57 kilos. I started at 61 uh, in February and I got to 50, 57 on 2,200 calories and now I'm eating 2,500 calories. And that wasn't something that I ever thought that I could do once upon a time. And then you see me posting photos of my amazing leg development and people saying, what are you doing now? Um, I don't really train legs and I run four times a week and I'm doing really long runs, like 15 kilometer, 20 kilometer, 17 kilometer. Like what I'm doing now isn't what got me to where I am now. What Miss CrossFit is doing now isn't what she did to get to where she is now. She's built and jacked up. She probably was a bodybuilder in her past. Like you need to look to what people did before to get to where they want to be now. And I've been at this for almost seven years. And in that time, I hated my legs with so much passion that all I wanted to do was develop them. And that is exactly what I did. I developed them to a point where I actually lack my legs now. And I can tell you, it's not the running and the training I'm doing now that got me the legs I have now. It's what I did before. So again, stop taking things at face value because it's not what I'm doing now that got me to where I am now. It's everything before that. And some people are just starting out on their journey now and they still want to look like Tom, Dick and Harry. And we've been at this for years. Like, don't take shit at face value, I guess is a message on the, that ramble. Yeah, no, this is a great ramble. And I think digging deeper is the key to all of that. That digging deeper will answer a lot of the questions that you're overlooking. And for starters, just for reference, uh, so you went from 135 pounds to 125 pounds. That's a 10 pound for, for again for us Americans. That's a 10 pound difference. And to say, I mean, for most people, and it's men and women, but I think this generally hits more women. Is to say you could eat 2,200 calories and drop 10 pounds is blast, especially coming from 135 pounds, which in comparison to what many people who want to lose weight are probably starting out with is much higher. The fact that you can do that and still eat 2,200 calories, it seems asinine. It seems ridiculous. There's no way I have to eat 1,000. I have to eat, eight, I have to eat 800 calories. And if you just take surface level information and never dig deeper, you never get a context of how, of why, the background. Like you said, training history, where you started from. For, for you look, you look at Miss CrossFit, Mr. CrossFit, and they either were probably born genetically freakish or there's a long backdrop that got them to that point. And unless you dig deeper with everything, you're never going to get there. And I love the idea of digging deeper just in your own lives. And I love so much, like my, my heart just swelled up when you said, it's not all, like, it's not all rainbows. It's not all cookies and rainbows. It's not, sometimes you do have to look at yourself and say, no, like not now. This is, this is not, this is not okay for my goals. It's, we've, Again, it's almost like the pendulum swing. We're either one side hard, like everything is okay. Don't worry about that. You don't have to. You don't have to go hard. And then it's, you have to go 75 hard. It's like one or the other. And the reality is, again, somewhere in between. Dig deep into your life. What's going on with you? Is it time to say, no, that I have to push. I have to be more disciplined. I'm getting nowhere constantly forgiving myself. You have to dig deeper and ask yourself those vulnerable questions, just like you have to dig deeper and take specific diets or protocols or plans at surface level like digging deeper is key asking why is huge and yeah and having everyone has a different definition for anything like what does breakfast mean to you are you asking you asking me this question yeah. oh what does breakfast mean to you 
the first meal of the day that you eat? Breaking your fast, breaking breaking the overnight fast, the first meal that you eat. Sorry. I also it also means to me delicious and something and my favorite meal of the day. Yeah, I'm the opposite there, but okay. <laughs> if you eat breakfast at say 1 p.m., would you still call that breakfast? Uh, for me, I would, but I would be okay with not calling it breakfast. But that's the thing. Like people have different definitions of what breakfast is. Like, what's breakfast to you? Is it the first meal of the day, or is it something that's eaten between this time and this time? What does clean eating mean to you? I know people who think freaking bacon and eggs is clean eating. I know people who think bloody putting shitloads of sugar-free sauce on egg whites is clean eating. Like, there are so many different definitions of everything. To put into context, the reason why I don't, I, breakfast will never be my favorite meal of the day is because it's just a bloody pumpkin salad with some chicken because I can't stomach a lot of food before I train. My favorite meal of the day is actually my last meal, which is tuna bake. Anyway, <laughs> so... Well, we got to get into that. <laughs> I love tuna bake, but everyone's definition of something is different. Like I eat healthy. Okay. So I had a client that listed out everything she ate from chia seeds to this date things to this, to this, all these calorie rich things, like calorie dense things. But when you look at it, there is no bloody protein in her food. And then when I have clients, because I have some clients that, because I do a meal plan template. And they used three clients to do this. They use that meal plan template to then put it into their, because I ask a lot of questions. The meal plan template is based on their lifestyle. So it pretty much fits their lifestyle. And then they send me photos based on what works for them. And then we work from those photos to then improve it. Like, she'll send me a meal. Where's that protein? You know, you could add this to this and you can have some protein in there. And then we start adding protein to all of her meals. And then you just start increasing those mini habits. And it's that it's the definition people have of what a good diet looks like or what a diet should look like. But it's so easy for people to skip on protein because it's not a first thought of, hey, what has protein in it? Some people don't even know what has protein in it. They might think that beans are such a great source of protein without knowing, no, it actually has a lot more carbs than protein. Yes, it has some protein in it, but you can't really say it's a protein source. Like, it's that awareness, and that comes back to that whole awareness thing. So, yeah. Yeah, no, so, so yeah, indeed. Yes, indeed, Ruby, that is, that is an excellent, excellent point, and the awareness is key because just being aware solves so many problems, and, and I'm also a big advocate if – most every person who had any type of weight goal, whether it be maintenance, loss, or gain, if they focused on protein and were aware of the surrounding calories with each meal, everything was probably going to work itself out. Everything is going to work itself out exactly how you want. And uh, being aware is key. Like you just said, brought up eating healthy. And, you know, I'll see this a lot. Like my, my breakfast is very, very healthy. It's I have a bowl of oatmeal with uh, an orange and a banana with some blueberries and a coffee. And it's like, okay, that's great. Those are all healthy, quote unquote, foods. But you have 70 grams of carbs and literally not a single gram of protein. Like you have a lot of really good food, good choices. Is that better than going to get donuts and muffins? I would say probably yes. But now what can we add? Just asking the question, like you said, dig deeper. What could we add? How could we get 20 grams of protein in this meal? How could we get 10 grams of protein? And kind of circling back, I love how you said you have a template. I love this, Ruby. You said you have a template, and it's probably a fantastic template. And if you followed that to a T, you would be flawless. But you can also mix and match. You can substitute this for this, what you like, what you enjoy, what's going to fit you. And it all equals out at the end of the day. But there are rules within that template. Like you're not going to replace the you're not going to replace the eight ounces of chicken with you know, um, a roll, a dinner roll or something like it has to equal, but you get to make it your own. And when you do that, you own it, you embrace it, you become like you have, you become autonomous within it. And next thing you know, you see unbelievable success that didn't even seem like working because you get to enjoy it. Yeah. And it's putting fun back into their day because people are neglecting fun. Going back to that client that sends me the photos every single night before she sleeps of her food in a collage 
she started to more of a like and why things are like a fail or not fail. I'm like, how is that a fail? Because she didn't exercise, but she spent the whole day painting her kid's room. And then she took a photo of it. I'm like, well, I like her room. There's a little color in there. I love the color. How does that color make you feel? I asked her, how does that color make you feel? She loved it. I'm like, okay, we need to get some color in your life. She's like, yeah, I agree. I don't have a lot of color in my life lately. I'm like, cool. And then I had this third sense. I, I have a lot of third sense feelings. I had this third sense that I should send her this how to draw a lotus. So I sent her that video. She's like, I used to draw back when I actually made time for myself. And then she sent me this amazing thing of when she attempted to get back into painting again. I'm like, you need to start making time for yourself and get back into that painting because I can see how much color can bring into your life because she's always wearing black now. I notice everything. She's always wearing black. Everything's very dull. But color brings life to people. Like if you look at my room around me, it's full of color. If you look at my schedule on my whiteboard, which is right next to my desk, it's full of colored whiteboard markers. Like color, it just brings a different dimension. It's almost like when you're eating. We're gonna go for nutrition talk. Okay, so when you're eating, <laughs> when like there's the buffet effect, and then there's the just eating the same meal thing you can surpass any appetite cues just by giving yourself a different texture. Like competitive eaters, if they're struggling to finish eating one type of food, they will actually be stuffed top of off and ask for some other type of food to then mix up their taste buds so that they can actually win the eating challenge and finish it. Okay, so why would you ask for French fries when you're stuck full and you still have that burger to finish to win the challenge. But it works because you're confusing your taste buds. You're giving yourself extra sensation, extra sensory stimulus. And that's that's how incredible the brain is. You can trick your brain into anything. You just need to make it work for you. And that's why I'm a big, a big proponent of not flavorgasming your mouth buds with a hundred different flavors in your diet. Keep things simple, pick a flavor that you're going to use for that whole week and then change it up the next week. Unless you know yourself enough to know, I can actually change up the flavors a little bit more regularly throughout the week and not have uh, like cravings, go for it. But if you're someone that needs to have that same palette for a week and then change it, go for it. Like it worked for me. I cut a lot of my flavorings back to just have like, I would have chicken salt most of the time because I love chicken salt, but I would do like tomato sauce one week or I would do sugar-free maple maple drops the next week or I would do mustard the next week. Like, But I'm just really happy just having the same chicken salt now because I don't feel the need to add extra flavor anymore and I enjoy my food. Like, yeah, it's, I guess it's just keep shit where it needs to be like the color needs to be in your life to keep life fun everything else like food isn't meant to take over your world enjoy it while it's on the plate and take in all its sensations for what it is but you need to bring color to the rest of your life not just to your plate because too many people are lacking a luster in life it's you're not meant to just slug away at work come back feeling slugged out and just wild the cats doing nothing like find a hobby I have never been happier than when I started running because I didn't have a hobby. Like the gym was complacent to me because I love being in the gym. I love working my muscles because that is where I started. It's just what I do. It's the identity that I developed. And going back to identity, that is the most important thing because whenever I'm doing something so hard, just like those runs, I want to quit. Even at the very beginning, I always want to quit something that's freaking hard. And I'm sure everyone else does. But I developed the identity of someone who never quits. Flashback to when I was a child, I got told, you always quit things that are going to put you into this. You always quit things as soon as you start. There's no point because that's just going to be a waste of money. That's something I always got told. And that is why, going back to my tattoos, why I have trust in your wings, why I have belief, why I have strength, relentless, faith. 
they're all things that are tattooed on my body because that is who has made me who I am today. Because I was never relentless. I never had faith in myself. I used to break down trying to study for my university, college, whatever you call it there, studying for that because the degree that I wanted to get into, only 10 people in the state got selected. I got into it, but that's not the point. The point is I didn't think that I could. I didn't have faith in myself. I always downplayed all my wins, which is why I understand where my clients are coming from. I downplayed all of that because of the stories that I remember being told when I was younger for my parents. And when I faced them about it, because I did ask them about it, they're like, yeah, because we always wanted you to do better because we knew you could do better. So it all comes from a good heart, but in the wrong way, because that's how they got brought up. And then that's how the people that brought them up brought them up. Like it's a chain reaction. So it's that, I guess it's that awareness and then where can you go from now you know this to where you want to be because you need to develop that identity of the person you want to become. What you were isn't you anymore. You need to let that go because overanalyzing yourself is not self-care. Overanalyzing yourself can be a detriment. You need to stop trying to analyze everything that happened to you because energy goes where focus is. If that's where all your energy is going, what's happening to all of this other stuff on the other side where you want to be? You need to put that energy into the person you want to become, your identity you want to become. Even draw a photo of, like draw a picture of yourself and describe the person you want to become. What does this person do every day? What are these person's beliefs? What are these person's sacrifices? There is always going to be a sacrifice for something. It's just like, do you want to make a donut? which is 350 calories, or do you want to eat a big bloody bowl of food that's 350 calories? The sacrifice is the fact that you're going to be freaking hungry and you're probably going to want more donuts, but your reward for eating, it is a reward. Your reward for eating that meal is one, health, two, you're satisfied, three, you feel good about it, four, you're happy until the next meal. And you're developing that identity, that big wire of new habits that's making you the person that you want to become yeah you you gain you gain freedom your discipline gains you freedom and that you you just said so many unbelievable things in there that that was ridiculous um I love and in fact that like as you were saying all of that I realized like I want to talk to you about like 50,000 things when it comes to nutrition and making decisions so uh, we, we are coming up on an hour, so I want to be respectful of your time, but we I'm going to force you to uh, come back on relative, like very soon so we can dig deeper into nutrition talk and uh, choice making choices because you said so many amazing things in there and not the least of which was you need to bring color to the rest of your life. Like It is not all about making the right choices with broccoli and cabbage or hitting a certain weight. Like if you do everything right eating, you make all the right meal plan choices and, and you hit your goal weight, but your, but your life is miserable outside of that. Like what's, what's the point of living this life? Like when you add that, I love that bring color to the rest of your life. Like that just stood out of my mind. When you do that, it seems like all of the nutrition and fitness things fall into place too. That was the fact that you focus on that and you would make that a highlight and a focus in people's minds. Uh, it speaks volumes to the type of coach that you are, which is much more than, hey, follow this meal plan. Hey, do these do these exercises and you're going to lose weight. Like there's it's a whole person type of approach, which just makes my heart smile. Yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly what color does. It, it brings it, it brings smile to your life because that that's what it is it's it's a happy place and you need to look for sensations outside of just smashing yourself in the gym and eating because if you think about it that's only a little portion of your day and even when we go into nutrition talk you'll realize there are so many things in that life itself that impact your results and if you're not addressing life in itself those results are going to get harder and harder to get and it's not going to be sustainable it comes back to that sustainability cool you hit that goal weight but it's not going to be sustainable now because there's all this life chaos going on something's going to happen that's going to go back into that relapse phase and then we can go back like there's that whole stress thing and how stress impacts your body how stress impacts some hormones in your body 
and then how that then regulates your appetite for milk. And it, it's just like you need to zoom out. That is my actual that is my actual quote. Zoom out because if you're focusing in so much in just the like just that one word or even just one sentence, you're missing the whole story. You're missing the whole narrative. You need to zoom out more and take that whole approach to becoming your best self because you are more than macros and food is more than macros. Food is food. You eat food, you don't eat macros. You have a life. You don't have meal one, meal two, protein, carbs, fat here, move there. Like you're not a robot. You are a living human being. You you just you you just said like fifty five amazing captions like for Instagram things that you could post that would just change lives. That was that was like a a, a laundry list of them. That was fantastic. I loved it. You are not your macros and zooming out. Those those two in themselves would pay dividends in people's lives. You uh I knew it before this, but now I know it even more. So you're just an amazing human being, Ruby. You know that you're an amazing human being. Um. Is so, I am without a doubt forcing you to come back on to talk more nutrition. Um, but we end all of these podcasts with rapid fire questions, so we're gonna get to a few rapid fire questions off the top of your head. What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Um, but do you want to do you have any any uh closing bit of advice? Zoom out. Zoom out. That's enough said right there. I love it. All right. You are not bound to any of these answers, but uh, first thing that comes to your head. Don't even, don't think about it. Just first thing that comes to your head. Oh, I love that dog. Uh, what is... Uh, that, made, that just made me happy right there. Um, what, <laughs> well, here's perfect. If you had a pet manatee, what would you name it? Squidward. Squidward, the manatee. Sounds fantastic. What is something in life that's overrated? Squats. Squats. Back squats. Back squats. Back squats specifically. I love it. I love it. If you had a $100 gift card right now to any store, what would you pick and what would you buy? I would pick at... I would actually say a spa pal because I prefer services to materialistic things and I would think of like a good massage and a spa treatment. I think that is absolutely fantastic. That's a great choice. On a scale of one to Michael Jackson, how would you rate your dancing? I can be, but I'd probably triple my own beat. <laughs> it's, it's just dancing. Everybody's having fun when they're dancing. It's all good. You can trip over anything. I love it. Uh, what is a non-typical Australia must see for a traveler. If I'm traveling to Australia, what's a non-typical thing I need to go check out? I would just say hiking tracks because they're they're not as crazy as you would see in like the UK or whatever, but it's it's different temperature, for example. Like you see the Blue Mountains, but then there are other way passes that I don't know, it's like, it's different because you get warnings about there being snakes and all this other stuff and you, you, it's hard to explain. It's just like, yeah, hiking tracks. I, I think that's great. I love hiking. Describe the color lime green to a blind person. It's like a soothing color that, jeez. These aren't easy, it, Ruby. It feels, it feels like, it feels, I would say it feels because they can feel, it feels like coolness. It feels like what? Coolness. Cool. Oh, coolness. yes. I like that. That's a perfect way to describe it. Now explain how to make a sandwich in five words or less. Bread, salad, tuna. Sauce, bread. Ladies and gentlemen, the perfect sandwich right there. The perfect sandwich in five words. Was that five? That was five. That was perfect. Why are cupcakes so delicious? Because 
I prefer to eat their batter, so everyone else gets the cupcakes. So, as long as you get the batter, that's all that matters. <laughs> all right. The batter, the batter of cupcakes and the dough of cookies is so much better before it's actually cooked. Yeah, it's divine. It's absolutely divine. You're absolutely right. All right, Miss Ruby Shetty, the last one. If you could get, do you guys have Amber Alert there? Like it comes up on your phone, like if there's a missing person, like a, an alarm? No. Okay, so imagine that everybody's cell phone has a message that pops up. Everything freezes and pops up. What message would you want everybody in the world to see right now? Believe in yourself and start giving yourself more credit for what you've accomplished in your life. That is a perfect, perfect way to end that. And that is a beautiful, beautiful message. Ruby, we're going to get you back very soon. Maybe next week. We shall see. And I can't wait. But uh, I'm going to link to all the places that they can find you. But very, very quickly as we leave, I cannot thank you enough. Where can people look you up if they want to They want to say, I can't even wait to click the show notes. I want to look up Ruby right now. Where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Ruby Cherie, C-H-E-R-I-E dot coaching specialist or you can type in Ruby Shuri into your Facebook search tab and I will most likely pop up. Uh, that's fantastic. And if you didn't catch that, don't worry, because it will be linked in the show notes. But hopefully you've already uh, linked up with Ruby. You've checked her out, sent her a message, sent her a you are awesome message. And yes, life is good. Ruby, I cannot thank you enough. This was absolutely fantastic. All the way from thousands of thousands of miles across the sea, we made this work. So I'm super, super excited. Uh, so thank you so, so much. And everybody, this is episode 194 of Cool, Calm, and Chaotic. You need to stop right now and go tell somebody you love them. <laughs>